I'm Jason Harmon, and this is API Intersection, where you'll get insights from experienced API practitioners to learn best practices on things like API design, governance, identity, auth, versioning, and more. Welcome back to API Intersection. Uh, so I know lately all the time I'm like, hey, let's do something a little different today. But I'm just going to say this is a thread we're on and I'm loving it, which is kind of uh, API as a product and people who work in the product field around, you know, how do you manage APIs as a product? Um, it's been around for a while, but I feel like in the last few years, this is starting to firm up as a more and more normalized thing but it's still somewhat an emerging practice. So like, uh, I just love sharing whatever we can learn about it. Joining me as uh, usual lately, uh, Anna Doherty. Thanks again hey, for folks. joining Anna. Thanks for having me. And our guest today is Olivia Califano, uh, who is currently at Procore, uh, but has done all kinds of interesting things outside of that. Uh, Olivia, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey everyone, really happy to be here. Um, yeah, so my name is Olivia. Califano. I'm currently a senior product manager at Procore, which is a construction management software company. So we really try to connect all the stakeholders in a construction project from your owners um, to your general contractors to even your specialty contractors to allow them to collaborate um, and stay connected in one platform. Uh, so I'm currently the senior product manager on the ecosystem division, which is essentially enabling developers um, so that could be customer developers, but also third-party developers as well, and even our internal teams to build on top of our uh, platform by leveraging our APIs. And my focus is uh, on API governance and developer tools. So on the API governance side, it's really ensuring that teams are building with consistency, sort of ensuring they're following best practices and standards. And then in terms of developer tools, it's um, focused on internal tooling to support that strategy, but also external tools as well, like our API reference documentation, um, SDKs to help developers onboard, uh, as well as some other capabilities like rate limiting and webhooks, which is to um, allow customers to sort of receive notifications about what's happening in our platform. Well, it's safe to say, Olivia, you're our people. <laughs> yeah, we got it all, right? <laughs> yeah. Touching all the things. Um, I, I should have mentioned, too, that um, I think part of what uh, I like about the subject matter today, uh, you know, Procore, where you work, is uh, these kind of more traditional industries that we just, uh, I know at Stoplight, we're seeing this all over the place. Like, that's our top customers is traditional industries, not software companies in the, in the kind of modern sense. Now, I know Procore is, I think, kind of a little more on the software company side, but sort of trying to disrupt a traditional industry. But I think it's like when we talk about APIs, people go, you're talking about construction? What? I know, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually a really unique position right now. So we're, we don't always have this opportunity to ride the beginning of an industry's transformation. Um, yet construction is this really ripe area, right? It's ripe for help and doesn't really understand tech all that well just yet. Um, so yeah, we're like, come help us, come innovate. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity right now to just take advantage of um, the ongoing wave of technology. Hmm. So uh, we saw, kind of saw in the show notes you had like this uh, this notion of kind of the guild internally, or, or you know, uh, this getting folks together around. And you already mentioned like best practices and all this kind of stuff. 
Um, how did that come about? And like, uh, where are you kind of at on, uh, you know, that the effectiveness of that? Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, what we're calling the APIs a product strategy is this fundamental culture shift in how we think about our APIs. Um, so it implies that an API drives significant business value, and it shouldn't really just be treated as a technical artifact, but we need to start thinking about it as a product, fully deserving of proper design thinking, customer research, prototyping, really everything, like long-term monitoring and maintenance. Um, so this strategy really came about because customers actually came to us and started to complain about major um limitations with efficiency, but also performance issues, like big performance issues, like they were hitting response times, they were receiving timeout errors. Um, they maybe, maybe the API, for instance, wasn't designed um, efficiently. So they had to make multiple calls to actually get the data they need. And they didn't know the types of calls they needed to make. Um, so this is sort of how uh, the strategy came together. It started as this sort of uh, grassroots campaign where it was just myself and two others, um, Oscar Gracia, who is um, an engineering manager at Procore, as well as Mark Tyrell, who's our platform architect. We were like, hey, something fundamental needs to change in how we're thinking about APIs and API design because we're facing all these problems. And at the end of the day, it wasn't a bad thing, right? Like we're seeing some issues just because of sort of this rapid organic growth um, where we were just trying to deliver API after API or endpoint after endpoint to sort of meet the demands of our customers and partners. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, we also need to come back together and refocus on sort of key areas of tech debt, but also kind of align the company around uh, core design principles and best practices for designing APIs in the future. Oh, that's so that's really interesting. We've been talking about the culture shift problem at, on this podcast for so many episodes. Um, it's interesting that you all three across the organization said, we need this. How, did you get buy-in from the rest of the business? How did you pitch it to them? Yeah. So um, getting buy-in from our stakeholders was actually our biggest challenge. Um, mm. So as mentioned, the strategy kind of started from the bottom up. But at the end of the day, this really needs to get the buy-in of everyone. So not just product, not just engineering, but also our executive team as well. Um, so after we came up with a strategy, we started presenting it across different teams and channels and then eventually took it to senior leadership. But it wasn't really until customers started complaining about these problems. So like the performance issues and scalability issues and actually potentially threatening renewals and new deals um, that executives ultimately bought into the strategy. Yeah, this is a classic story of what I call the band of rebels, right? Uh, yeah. It's like the people who are facing the pain that no one else realizes yet, getting together to try to get a handle on it and then tell a bigger story with the end goal of, uh, you know, get some kind of bigger support. Um, did, did that result in any sort of like funding, any sort of program around this stuff or like getting more dedicated people's time to it? Or was it just about getting all the right players involved? Uh, for us, at least, it was more about getting the right players at, um, around it. Sorry, I messed up a little bit there. Um, so like one thing to highlight is that our APIs are completely free. Um, they're open and public. So um, mm. there wasn't really that immediate tie to sort of revenue. And for that, we had to dig a little bit deeper, right? It was, hey, getting the performance data in front of our executive team, kind of talking to them about um, sort of the big issues that customers were facing. And so in terms of an actual program, um, it was more like, no, like, hey, 
they were just kind of giving us support and telling us to go after this, chase down these problems because it was affecting real issues, real customers, and and sort of these real problems. Um, in terms of actual funding, um, we're potentially looking into using some of our learning and development budget um, to just sort of help um, get some additional training and tooling across our individual product teams and engineering teams to get them more up to speed on sort of the API mindset um, and, and yeah, tools and, and techniques that they can use to implement this um, for the future. How many tooling or how many uh, product and engineering teams do you have right now? We have from 15 to 20. So that's quite have, large. Yeah. So we have a number of, um, I guess the way the, the organization is structured is we have um, product and technology under um, one band. And so under that, we have the product org. We also have the engineering org. And um, for each tool that Procore has, so it might be like the RFI tool or the submittals tool, we have a dedicated um, product team. And under that, we have yeah, engineering support as well. So um, this is, is actually interesting as we're going out and evangelizing the strategy because um, we're going across individual teams to really promote the strategy and capture and hone in on their specific feedback for how we should implement it at their level. Um, so it's kind of great to have these smaller, like 10 to 15 person feedback sessions so that we can really, yeah, again, focus on their feedback, implement it into the core strategy, and then continue to evangelize across the company. What's been the adoption? How are they reacting to it? The feedback has been generally positive. Um, so we're still going across and roadmap or we're still going across and road showing to a number of different teams. Um, but again, like our first big milestone is to really align the company around this problem and how we can fix it. And it's been going really well. So it's pretty awesome to see that aha moment in the audience where they're like, oh, yeah, we have a fundamental problem and we really need to fix something at the end of the day. Um, so this is sort of one of the success measures that we're using um, to understand success across the strategy, uh, just because, as mentioned, this is a long term strategy. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, so, yeah, really getting the buy in and adoption across the team has been um, really overwhelmingly positive, which is great. Nice. Yeah, sometimes it just takes someone to recognize it and have some tacit authority uh, to recognize that uh, just makes everyone feel like it's okay. Um, it sounds like there was a little bit of a case of build it and they will come in terms of like, uh, you know, you built some APIs, but no one really knew what exactly they were going to contribute. And you've had to sort of reverse engineer why are these things valuable and why is this important? Like, what are some of the highlights? Uh, of what you came away with on the sort of success measures? So our strategy is broken up into two parts. So the first part is kind of um, going back and fixing the issues that have accumulated with our existing APIs. And for that, we've identified five key areas. And then that second part is starting to think about how we can design for the future, right? So aligning the company around those core principles and standards. Um, but as it relates to the first part, those five key areas, we've been able to measure success across each one. Um, so I can go into a few of the areas, but um, it's things like accuracy, right? So ensuring that your API documentation matches your API implementation and then performance as well, right? So ensuring that customers aren't hitting high response times or hitting timeouts um, 
and just making sure that we have a pulse check on yeah, performance issues across the API space. So for both of those um, categories, we are measuring success across each one. And those two are actually the focus for 2022. We can't really tackle all at once. So the other three, uh, which relate to consistency across our API space, as well as efficiency and coverage, um, are going to come in 2023. But for those first two, we are um, definitely making strides to kind of understand, um, yeah, sort of like the performance issues we're facing. Um, and we've built a health dashboard to help teams stay accountable to their performance issues and needs. Um, then around accuracy, we've also built an in-house tool um, that allows teams to integrate their endpoints with the tool. And the tool then um, processes the data and um, outputs this to a reporting tool that enables teams to kind of better understand where accuracy issues exist within their documentation. It actually generates what we're calling the API accuracy grade. And so we've been able to track not only that teams are adopting the tool and leveraging the tool and integrating the tool in, into their developer workflow, but also that they're um, seeing an increase, a positive increase in their API accuracy grade as well. Hmm. So you're, you've got a tool that's helping you figure out if documentation matches implementation. Did I hear that yeah. right? And it's okay. a really important need right now because um, you can yeah. imagine a developer is coming to your API space and they're encountering all these issues, right? Where the response that's displayed in the documentation doesn't actually match the response that out, it's outputted in their code. And so they, they come to us and they ask these questions like, hey, can you provide an accurate example of what I should be looking mm -hmm. for or accurate error codes, right? That should be returned um, in the payload. And Right now, it's it's this huge learning curve for our developer community. They're not really able to um, successfully integrate. We're seeing major um, uh, sort of uh, major increase in, in time to first um, hello from when they maybe authenticated with their API and then eventually make um, their first hello world call just because they're not able to figure out um, sort of how, yeah, how, how the API actually functions. And it's not their job, right, to, to figure out those discrepancies. So this is really cool and innovative of you to fix that problem uh, from, you know, that so many people are facing in every industry. It's like, how do we match? How, how do we how do we uh, ensure that we're matching without one single person having to go back and figure it out every single time? So that's yeah. really cool. And at the end of the day, it's not rocket science. And Everyone's <laughs> trying to do that, right? Just build a better mm -hmm. API platform, build a better documentation portal. And so, yeah, this, this is definitely just an area of tech debt that we're working to correct. But of course, it's also like, hey, these are our high priority areas. When you're building a new API, focus on accuracy, focus on performance, kind of get ahead of it so that we, these issues don't creep up in the future. Are you using any sort of like spec formats or anything to generate documentation or is everything sort of in a hand curated state right now? Yeah, we're using OpenAPI spec 3.0. So we actually cool. just did a major migration from Swagger 2.0 to OAS 3.0. Um, and this is actually pretty integral um, as a best practice for treating our API as a product, right? We're telling uh, developers that, hey, if you're building a service with an interface, then first start by designing the API first, um, keep your customers front and center, but also create the API specification early and share it with um, your stakeholders early so that you can collaborate and feedback can happen early to catch any issues and prevent issues down the line. Um, so we're really trying to get teams to be intentional with that um, standardized documentation with the open API spec 
um, so, so that they can actually use it as part of their development process. Yeah, we buy into that one, obviously. <laughs> yeah, very aligned here. Nice. Um, so, uh, you know, for maybe more kind of traditional product manager folks who are trying to figure out this API thing, um, you know, they might listen to the last few minutes and go, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so what does all this have to do with kind of API as a product? It sounds like a lot of operational and documentation and all these things. Like, how do you see it looking at it as a product manager? Yeah, well, product managers are fundamental to the success of this strategy. So um, I think I'll first start by providing some background into who our customers are, and that can help elucidate like why we need product to be fully bought in. But essentially, we have three primary customers. Um, so we have the actual customer, right, who's buying the Procore technology, who's in the app. Um, we also, and they're potentially creating custom integrations by leveraging our API to just complement their day-to-day -day workflow. We also have those third-party integrators, so what we call our partners. Um, they're third parties who are building apps for our marketplace. And again, these are apps that ultimately our customer who's bought Procore can leverage, install, um, again, to complement their day-to-day -day workflow. And finally, we have our internal teams. So I think where product really fits in is we're so hyper-focused on that first bucket, that first audience, which is the Procore customer. And we're not necessarily considering those broader use cases of our partners, as well as our internal development teams. So even our mobile team will often come to me and say, hey, I think Procore is, is building a lot of APIs just for the web implementation. Like this just is not working for the mobile teams. Um, so it's really important that product managers start to understand the real customers, the real use cases and user scenarios of who's going to be using the API and just make sure that they're documenting um, those use cases per for each audience bucket. Um, I think that's really where product managers can play a critical role in the success of API as a product. Making it less about specific delivery and more about strategy with a wider vision. Yes, and starting early, right? So if they're creating, I don't know, a product brief or some sort of opportunity assessment, it's clearly outlining those use cases and then going out and actively doing that customer research with each of those audience types to fully understand how they're going to be using the API, right? So as mentioned, one of the areas was efficiency. It might be a, um, a partner now has to make a series of calls to get the data that they need instead of just one API call, it's probably because we didn't do enough discovery around how they were actually going to um, use the data or use the API and sort of what data they actually needed from a specific endpoint. Yeah, it's interesting um, how like the default state we've been trained into over the last 20 years is build a web page. Right. Like you yes. have a screenshot in, you know, whatever your favorite design tool is, you got some wireframe and then everything else is an implementation detail. And we had kind of the mobile first wave that I felt like came and then kind of died off a little bit in the sense that some places just went, oh, that's hard. We don't have enough mobile adoption. It doesn't matter that much. But from an API perspective, taking that mobile first view is a super strong forcing function to make you think about the underlying API has to serve more than one thing, not just the web page, right? Uh, so super powerful uh, in keeping like the right capability oriented perspective. I love yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my understanding of Procore in some sense is that there's sort of this marketplace of value exchange between your your buyers, kind of the, the 
uh, customers who are looking for these different uh, sort of suppliers in, in uh, doing their construction work. So to some extent, there's a, a marketplace going on here between the supply of your uh, providers and your customers looking to buy things like, uh, you know, how does that whole sort of marketplace thinking maybe fit into how you're looking at APIs and your strategy? Yeah, there is um, definitely a lot of business value around the marketplace strategy. We actually have a dedicated PM who solely works on marketplace. And a lot of our strategy is around sort of diversifying the types of partners that are building on our platform. So we want to focus on all the different stakeholders, as mentioned, who are collaborating in a construction project. So not just focused on partners who are building um apps for the general contractor, but also starting to diversify and think about partners who are potentially building for the owners or um, specialty contractors even. So there's a lot of thought into like, hey, that outreach kind of going out, making sure that our APIs are able to support those different audience types, um, but also, yeah, making sure that we're, we have this um, diverse uh, partner audience that's coming and building with us. Nice. Yeah, it's... Um... It's interesting how often um, th th we see this intersection of like API platform build outs that it just naturally lends itself to it, the folks that are integrating tend to be supply and the folks that are using the integration in a more push button way tend to be kind of your consumption side. But um, it's weird when we'll, sometimes we'll, you know, like talk to say stop like customers or just other folks around and you go like, what are you doing about, you know, is there any marketplace thing here? And sometimes it's kind of this, uh, no. And then you go, well, but isn't this supply and isn't this here? Oh, gosh, I guess we are. Uh, and so, it, you know, I feel like it's a thing that if people aren't mindful of, that you have potentially two different strategies running into each other, right? One that's sort of architectural or integration focused and one that's how to grow a marketplace. And those two things have to fit together. Uh, so it's cool to hear that you guys are doing a bit of both. So... You know, it, it's interesting to see that you guys are are somewhere along the journey here. And, and I love uh, and, and really appreciate your transparency and kind of going, you know, we, we kind of have some problems here that we're having to tackle, right? That's the reality of, a lot of times of building out a platform. Um, if you kind of had to turn the, the clock back and you could go back and make some of these earlier choices that would have prevented some of this pain um, or kind of the right way to set it up from the start, how would you how would you approach that? How would you do it if you got to start over again? Yeah, um, this kind of ties back to just the biggest challenge, which was ultimately getting executive and stakeholder buy-in. So really, if I had to do it again, I would present that performance data much earlier to our executives, kind of showing like, hey, these customers are getting these long response times, they're not able to scale, and really find that tide of revenue a little bit earlier on. Um, I'd also maybe turn it back on them a little bit, so kind of understand, hey, like, where do you want to go as it relates to scale? Um, what do you want our platform to be in the next five years? And kind of help educate them that, okay, in order to get there, we can't just keep throwing out more features, right? We have to build a robust platform uh, underneath, and this is what's going to allow us to scale. So I think if you can get them to buy into that, you can sort of get some investment at the beginning. You know, it's interesting how often you know, uh, that sort of, we ask this question a lot, right? Uh, how often it's like, oh, well, you know, it would have been better about being more consistent up front. But um, I really appreciate that product folks get that it's, you know, have the business strategy aligned with the API strategy, right? That That is the more fundamental sort of 
primitive thing that if that's not right, you can have beautiful consistency and amazing performance. But if you're not actually building in the right direction, uh, you're not growing the business. That's how you get defunded. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I love that perspective. Um, well, Olivia, it feels like that's uh, kind of a good wrap point. Uh, any other sort of closing thoughts for us? Um, just, I think perseverance, right? If you sort of are starting in the early phases of um, API as a product strategy design, just keep going at it. Um, just make sure to document everything, kind of reach out to teams proactively to understand their problems with maybe how they're building APIs currently. Um, do proactive research, uh, research uh, out to customers, meet with your API support team if you have an API support division, just to understand um, and start to bucket those customer frustrations and then take it from there. Like I definitely recommend prioritizing um, the, yeah, the different pain points into those buckets and then finding those key areas that then you can start to um, practice and preach to your different teams. Very nice. Well, again, appreciate all the, uh, the, the open sharing of, you know, some of the struggles and where you're at in the journey. And uh, we'd love to check back at some point in the future and see how it goes. Sounds great. Yeah. Look forward to that. Thanks for listening. If you have a question you want to ask, look in the description of whichever platform you're viewing or listening on, and there should be a link there so you can go submit a question and we'll do our best to find out the right answer for you.